Hey everybody, welcome into this week's episode of Tuesdays Are For Talking. I am your host, Pastor Nathan Brown from Mosaic Church in Austin, Texas. Man, I'm glad to be with you on this week's episode. This is going to be a little bit of a different kind of episode than the ones that we normally do. If you're a frequent listener to our Tuesdays Are For Talking podcast, you hear uh, wide-ranging interviews and conversations about a lot of different things on this podcast. But today, we are going to do something a little bit different. We're going to hear from Pastor Steve Murray talk to us about something that he has called end times hysteria. Now, as a pastor here at Mosaic Church, I can tell you that this year I have started to get more and more questions, and I've gotten videos sent to me, I've gotten articles sent to me, uh, theological papers sent to me with people asking me to read these things and watch these things and listen to these things and give them my perspective on them. Recently in our Leadership 215 class, we also studied eschatology, and eschatology by by the way, if that's a new word for you, it's just a fancy uh, theologically academic term for the study of the end times, eschatology, the study of the end times. And so you'll hear things about eschatological views like pre-trib, post-trib, pre-millennial, post-millennial, these sorts of things. I tend to be a bit of a pan-millennial myself, like, hey, I think it's going to all pan out in the end. There's a good preacher joke for you. But seriously, this is an important conversation to have. And, you know, I'm, I'm not an old man, but I'm not so young either. I guess it depends on which side of my age fence you're sitting on. I'm 41 years old, so I've taken a few trips around this big ball that we all sit on called Earth. Certainly not as many as some, but more than others. And I got to say that in my 41 years, I don't recall a year quite like this one. I mean, we started out with the, the geopolitical feud between Russia and Saudi Arabia, crashed the oil prices, started to destroy the economy, and that was just really at the same time that COVID-19 was starting to make its way out of China, around the world. It began, of course, to come into the United States in March, late February, early March, that sort of thing. And before you know it, uh, the entire world is literally flipped upside down. Economies are crashing because people can't go to work. Jobs are getting lost because companies can't do business. Businesses are going out of business, filing bankruptcy. All kinds of crazy things have been taking place. And then, oh, by the way, we've had like strange comets passing by that doesn't happen very often. We had something wild called murder hornets. I don't actually know what happened to those. Sounded pretty scary. And then it just sort of went away. We've got the whole, you know, Bill Gates vaccine conspiracy thing that is dominating so many people's news feeds. Of course, it's a wild political cycle. And then almost as if it is some kind of cosmic joke, somehow in the middle of 2020, right now, as I'm recording this podcast, we have not one, but two potential hurricanes spinning up in the Gulf of Mexico, both getting ready ready to take their aim at Texas or somewhere across the Southeast. And so this is undeniably a crazy year. And so on one hand, I don't blame people for trying to read into that and try to figure out what's going on and all of that sort of thing. But I do want to just say that as Christians, we are called to be sober-minded. All right, we're not called to to just be in panic mode. We're not called to be in freakout mode. And by the way, even though we are to set our hearts on the things that are to come, really what we're supposed to pray for is for the kingdom of God to come into this earth where we live now. What did Jesus say? Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done where on earth as it is in heaven. And so I don't really get down with the escapist view that just wants this rapture to come and take place and pull us all out of here. What I really want to know is how can I be the best Jesus representative that I can be in the place that he has me for as long as I am here? And I think Pastor Steve is going to help us a little bit by looking at some of the different things that people are talking about that other leaders and potential 
potentially prophetic voices and that sort of thing are saying about this time. And it's going to give us a little bit of, uh, of some clarity. Hopefully it's a stabilizing message for you and it'll refocus and renew us in our ability to just lean into Jesus and what he has for us in this season, no matter how crazy it gets. So if you've been wondering, like I've been wondering what's going on in the world today and how am I supposed to respond to it? If you've had people share with you the videos that they've shared with me or the articles that they've shared with me and you've started to think, man, maybe that like eighth blood moon or whatever it is, is coming. It is a sign of something to come. I think you're going to appreciate this message from Pastor Steve. For those of you who may not be familiar with Pastor Steve Merle, he is the president of Every Nation Ministries, which is the global movement that our church, Mosaic Church, is a part of. He's also the pastor of Victory Christian Fellowship in Manila, Philippines. Steve is a wonderful man of God. He is a phenomenal leader, and he is someone that I put a lot of stock, frankly, into what he has to say, especially in times like this. So let's get into it right now, and let's hear from Pastor Steve Merle on what he has coined as end times hysteria. Here we go. Let's get into it. I received an email from one of our regional directors stating that many leaders in his region are being bombarded by what I can only describe as end times hysteria. Most of the information was coming through Western Christian media outlets. The pastors in the region were requesting help in addressing some basic last days questions. A day later, one of our apostolic team members received a call asking for clarification of every nation's stand on premillennial, amillennial, and postmillennial positions. Both of these communications arose because of a knee-jerk tendency of Christians to catastrophize global, regional, and even local events like the global COVID-19 pandemic or the regional East Africa locust swarms or the local racial tensions in parts of America. End times hysteria and last days prophetic predictions are nothing new. This has been happening for 2,000 years, and so far, no one has even almost been accurate with their predictions. Today, I want to talk about three Bible texts that ask three questions about the end times, the last days, the apocalypse, or whatever we want to call it. So, three texts, three questions. But those three questions basically have one answer. First, I want to mention four dates and some books that sort of marked moments of the end time uh, phenomena and hysteria in my lifetime. I know a lot went on before my lifetime, but this is just my experience. 1970 was the year that Hal Lindsey published The Late Great Planet Earth, which was a literalist, premillennial, dispensational, eschatological New York Times bestseller. It even had a movie spinoff. I read the late great planet Earth as a teenage new Christian in the late 70s. It made me feel privileged to be part of the rapture generation. Lindsay argued that since Israel became a nation in 1948 and since Matthew 24:34 says, quote, this generation will not pass away until these things happen. And since, according to Lindsay, a generation is 40 years, then Jesus will come back or the rapture will happen before 1988, which is 40 years from 1948 when Israel became a nation. Okay, that didn't happen. But the book did sell over 30 million copies. In 1988, 
Edgar Wisnant, building on the hermeneutical foundation laid by Lindsay, published a book titled 88 Reasons the Rapture Will Be in 1988. All through that year, TBN ran rapture preparation programs. 88 Reasons not only predicted the year, 1988, but also pinpointed the month and the week. According to the 88 Reasons book, the rapture would be on September 11th, 12th, or 13th. Now, this book sold 4.5 million copies. The sequel, titled The Final Shout, Rapture Report 1989, did not sell as well nor did the 1993, 1994, or 1997 updates and sequels. A few years later, radio evangelist Harold Egbert Camping predicted Judgment Day would be September 6, 1994. He filled the roadsides with billboards. There were newspaper announcements and radio warnings of Judgment Day that pleaded with people to repent. On September 7th, one day after his predicted Judgment Day, uh, he realized he was wrong and he recalculated and he announced that it would actually happen on September 29th. On September 30th, he recalculated and said it would be October 2nd. Now, to his credit, unlike most of these misinformed end-time experts, Camping actually publicly repented a few years later for his era and dedicated himself to studying scripture uh, in a better way. 2013 brought us John Hagee's bestseller, The Four Blood Moons. It followed his other prophetic books, Jerusalem Countdown, Earth's Final Moments, and Jerusalem Countdown Revised and Updated. There seems to be quite a market for revised and updated versions of prophetic books. Again, building on the standard prophetic writer's hermeneutical foundations, Hagee's latest prophetic book is called Earth's Last Empire, which claims that President Trump moving the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem is a key sign that we are now in the last days. Think about that for a minute. Does the Bible really teach or even hint that the action of a U.S. president is a sign of the end times? Does the Bible really speak prophetically about the location of the U.S. Embassy in the modern state of Israel? Unfortunately, as long as people keep buying and reading these books, someone will keep writing them. Never mind that every end time, last days, rapture, antichrist, second coming, return of Christ prediction for 2,000 years has been wrong. Maybe, just maybe, this time, this prophetic book will get it right. This is a good time to look at Scripture now. Remember I said we want to look at three Scriptures that ask three questions, and then we'll look at the one answer to these questions that matters to us right now. Our first Scripture is in Acts chapter 6, verse 6 through 8, and each of these Scriptures contains a question about the last days or end times or a question with eschatological uh, importance. Here it is, beginning in verse 6. So when they came together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Jesus replied, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, 
but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Our second scripture is 2 Peter chapter 3. In verse 3, after mentioning scoffers who will come in the last days scoffing, Peter then goes on to talk about holy prophets, prophetic utterances. He mixes it in with a bit of Israel's history. And then he gets to the day of judgment, the destruction of the ungodly. And he culminates with the hope and promise of salvation in Christ. That brings us to verse 10. The day of the Lord will come like a thief. And then the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Verse 11, since all these things are thus to be dissolved, here's the question, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? The question was not when will these things happen, but what sort of people ought we be? Our third text and third question is found in Matthew 24, 3. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered them, see that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you were not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. So he's saying, look, all this stuff, that's not the end, the wars and rumors of wars. Verse 7, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Verse 9, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. And you will be hated by all nations for my namesake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will increase, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And now verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. Now back to our first scripture and our first question. It's in Acts 1-6. Here's the question. Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? That's the disciples asking the resurrected Christ. Jesus basically said that they were asking the wrong question, and then he answered the question they should have asked. So basically he said, it's not for you to know times and dates and times and seasons, but you'll receive power. Not knowledge, but power. Then he says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. To the disciples, the restoration of the kingdom to Israel was a question that had eschatological and end time implications. Because they conflated God's kingdom with their nation, it was all just the same thing. Many do that today. When we mix politics and nationalism with religion and theology and eschatology, Politics and nationalism usually wins. Question two, scripture two in 2 Peter 3. The question was, what sort of people ought we to be in terms of and in the context of the last days? They didn't ask, when will this happen? They didn't ask, uh, who is the Antichrist? The question wasn't, how can we prepare for the rapture? The question was, what kind of people should we be? 
What type of person should I be? What kind of life should I live in the world that we're in right now? Scripture 3, question 3, is found in Matthew 24, 3. Tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? The clear answer to all three of these eschatological questions we're looking at is missional. The answer is mission. Little to no information is given us about the details of the last days in any of these answers. Rather, all three of the answers refocus to mission. Acts 1 refocuses us not on the seasons and the times and the dates, but on the power of the Holy Spirit to be His witness locally, regionally, and globally. 2 Peter 3 refocuses us not on the when, the who, the how, but on living godly lives in light of Judgment Day and the Second Coming. Matthew 24 refocuses us on global mission. And it gives us the only sign of the times that we should be concerned with because it's the only sign that we can actually do anything about. Matthew 24, 14, here it is. The answer to what will be the sign. This gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. So when will the end come? What is the sign of the end? The gospel being proclaimed to every nation. As long as there are nations to reach with the gospel, the end is not yet. Verse 14 is both a promise and a sign and a mission. May we be a people who faithfully proclaim the gospel throughout the whole world as a testimony to every nation and every tribe at every campus as we await the promised return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, I don't know about you, but that was a really helpful message for me to hear right now in this season. I mean, what more could we really say? But let's be faithful followers of Jesus and continue to spread the gospel with our lives, with the way that we live, with our mouths, with the way that we speak, with our interactions with other people, and frankly, with our faith. And that as we look at our current situation, no matter how dire it may seem, that we can look at that thing and say, Jesus Christ is still king over all. He is still the unshakable ruler of every kingdom and the one that is to come, the one of which we, those of us who call ourselves Christians, little Christ, we name ourselves after this one who lived a perfect life, who died for our sins, who was resurrected from the dead so that he could bring eternal life to all of us. Let's not forget who we are a part of, what we are a part of, and let's continue to be faithful followers and preachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ as many days as we have in front of us. I hope you can say amen to that. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Tuesdays Up For Talking. We look forward to having you back again very soon. God bless. Take care. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Tuesdays Are For Talking. For more information about how to get and stay connected to us, head over to mosaicchurchaustin.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We hope you'll make plans to join us next week.